Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. So this month, April, 415 years ago, in April of 1607, do you know what happened here in Virginia Beach in April of 1607? Something did happen here in Virginia Beach in April of 1607, if you can believe that. That was when the very first English settlers from the London Company arrived at what is now First Landing State Park on what they called, named Cape Henry. And do you know what one of the first things they did when they arrived at Cape Henry and they landed after the long voyage from England? They set up a cross. That's exactly right. And there's now, I don't think the original cross is there, but there's a big replica cross and monument and all, recognizing that the first settlers that came from England, 1607, that would go on to start the colony at Jamestown, uh, set up a cross to give thanks to God. And when you reflect on those settlers that came across, of course, everybody came with different motivations. But, but in general, I think you could say that they came to set up a better life. They came to set up a new community. They probably didn't necessarily realize then that they were setting up a new country, but in time they would. And as we look back uh, over the past 400 years of history, we can say that they set up a pretty good country, that all of us who live here in America are glad to live in this place. It is a good place. They've done good things here. God has blessed us. And at the same time, we... With any honest look at our history, we know that America is no perfect place. In particular, 1607, those first settlers came, they set up a cross, we're going to set up a new, a new community, it's going to be great. In 1619, they brought the first African slaves. And that has been a defining characteristic of our history ever since. But if you read here in Ephesians, you'll see that tension between different groups of people did not start in America. This is a story as old as human history. In fact, when we read here in Ephesians what they're talking about, when if you hear this, you're like, what in the world? Gentiles called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. Remember that, at that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise. So there were two, there were two groups back then too. Then it was not black and white, it was Jews and Gentiles. But that division and that tension runs throughout the New Testament. This was a big deal in the early church. It's always been a big deal. Because our fundamental, one of our fundamental human problems is that as much as we have this desire to set up new communities and to set up these utopias and to do everything right, our fundamental problem is that we're human. And as humans, we are sinful. And we do sinful things. And one of the impacts of that is that we divide one from another. And if we can't see anything obvious for how to divide, we'll make something up. So some things, you know, when you bring in another, uh, you have one people group and you bring in another people group and you subjugate them, well, that's a pretty clear, going to cause some problems. But even if, if that's not the division, we'll make up other divisions because we're human. That's the way that we are. This is the nature of our human condition, our sinfulness before God is that we divide one from another. So we have this desire for community. We have this desire for connection. We have this desire to do everything right, but we simply can't do it. 
whether we're talking in a big scale in places like countries like America, which is a pretty good country, but still has plenty of problems, or even in a small scale, like in a city, or in a church, or in a neighborhood. We have these desires to set things up well, but we get divided one from another. So Paul's message here to the Ephesians, and God's message for us this morning, is that there really is a way to have the community that we desire, the connections that we desire, but it can only come about through the resurrection of Jesus. That's the main thing that Paul is trying to communicate here in Ephesians chapter 2, that only the resurrection, only Jesus' death on the cross and his coming back from the grave can create the new community that we want. So that's the main thing about God. That's the main thing for us this morning, is that the resurrection of Jesus creates a new community. And it's the only thing that can create that new community. So what? how do we respond to that? What's the main thing we must do? If we want that community, if we want that connection with other people, we must turn to Jesus for that connection. If we are always turning to other people and turning to look at ourselves and thinking about us and them, us and them, we will always be unstable. And we can never create the community that God has designed us to have unless we turn to Jesus and look to his cross and his resurrection from the dead. So there's three specific things that we see here very quickly because it's cold. Uh, very quickly, three specific things we see here in Ephesians chapter 2 that, that the creation of the resurrection community does for us. First, it reminds us of where we came from. Second, God reconciles us to himself. And third, he recreates the new community. So first, God reminds us of where we came from. That's the point in, in verses 11 and 12. It's kind of interesting because on the one hand, Paul is setting up this, this racial tension between Jews and Gentiles. That line about called, quote, the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. He's, that was unfair. That was, that was un, unfair tension, unfair slandering from one group to another. So he's pointing that out. But he's also making the point that you were at that time separated from Christ. That's not something that any other human had done to the Gentiles. It was simply a fact. They were not yet part of God's family. And so you've got to remember where you came from. But then he goes on to say that it's not just the Gentiles who were separated uh, from Christ. Because he goes on uh, to say in uh, verse 16, right, might reconcile us both to God. Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So both Jews and Gentiles alike, even though Jews were in some sense nearer, they had the Old Testament, they had the prophets, they had the covenants, they were still separated from God by their sin and rebellion. And so we have to recognize where we have come from. That God reminds us where we've come from because only when we know where we have come from, only when we realize that we start off separated from God, only when we realize that we start off sinful and doing bad things, can we truly come to Jesus and embrace the community that he calls us to. If I give you a series of directions and I say, yeah, you need to go east, uh, go east for two miles and then north for three miles and then west for four miles, first of all, you're like, east, northwest, we don't do that. I don't do directions. But if you could, if you had a compass and you could follow those directions, 
if you're not in the right starting point, you're still not going to get where you're trying to go. Your directions will not work unless you have the right starting point. So if we want to draw close to God, if we want to have a new community, if we want to be really and deeply connected with other people in loving relationships, we have to start from the recognition that we are sinful, that we have disobeyed, that we are separated from God, and we need Him to bring us back into relationship with Him. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? What's the practical impact of recognizing that? One is simply, if, you've, if you have never said to Jesus, Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry, I have sinned. Will you forgive my sins? That's a very simple prayer and a very good starting point. And then once you do that, you can realize that what Paul is saying here is that everybody, no matter how bad or good they think they were, everybody is coming from the same place ultimately separated from God. So nobody needs to be ashamed. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, I have done so many bad things. I don't even know why I am here. I'm sure everybody else here has it all together. But let me first tell you, no, we don't all have it together. I mean, just look around, right? We don't have it all together. But there is, there is no cause to be ashamed. All of us have sin. All of us are in need of the grace of Jesus. One of the beautiful things about this resurrection community is that is something we can be honest about. Is that we can, we can be honest, we can admit our weaknesses, we can admit our failings, and we all receive the grace of God. So there is no need to be ashamed in the community of Jesus. And at the same time, there is no room to be proud. For even those who were near, even the Jews who had the covenants and the promises and the prophets, had no reason to be proud. For they were just as much in need of the reconciling blood of Jesus as the Gentiles who had none of those things. So there is neither shame nor pride in the resurrection community. It's a glorious place to be. Just true humility at the feet of Jesus and in relationship with one another. So God first reminds us of where we came from, and then secondly, He reconciles us to Himself. That's, that's the message here, is that the message was not first to bring Jew and Gentile to one another, but it was first to bring Jew and Gentile to God through Jesus on the cross, that then they could come together. Uh, my, verse 16, uh, verse 15. He might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. As we come together to the cross, then the, the only, that, that is the only way that we can come together in true and deep and lasting relationship with one another. I don't know if, if any of you have ever done ropes course type stuff um, where you have like the different, you know, the, the different stuff on like the, the walls that you have to kind of work together to get over. Like the stuff that's not the stuff like up high in the trees, but the stuff kind of low on the ground that you have to work with other people. You know, get your whole group over the wall or get your whole group through these different holes, whatever it might be. It's kind of like a, a youth group thing. Um, and I'm a youth pastor too, so you know, it happens. Uh, but there are other kinds of team building things. But there's one particular thing on a ropes course where there's two wires 
and you're connected, the two wires are connected to one tree up here, and then they spread out. And what you're supposed to do is hold on to the other person, and you see kind of how far you can walk along these two wires as they're spreading out, and you end up kind of leaning over into the other person. Here's the thing. Walking on those wires is a whole lot easier when you're close to the tree where both wires are attached. The farther you get away from that tree, the harder it is to walk together. And so what Paul is saying to the Ephesians, what he's saying to us, is that tree where the wires are attached, that's where Jesus is. The closer we come to Jesus, the easier it is to walk together in community with one another. The farther away from Jesus we get, we're just unstable. And we're trying to rely on each other instead of on Jesus. And our community starts to fray and fall apart. It's when our divisions become more evident. So what do we do? We have to seek Jesus. All of our desires for community, for connection, for justice, for reconciliation, all of these good and godly desires, they come about through seeking Jesus first. Now saying that doesn't mean that we wipe away all the differences, that we don't have to listen to one another, we don't have to take people's emotions and feelings seriously. All those things are important in any kind of relationship, whether we're talking about a friendship, a marriage, a, a neighborhood club, a community, a, a nation, listening to one another, all these things are important. But the most important thing is that we're drawing closer to Jesus. And when we do that, then we can look at each other and we can understand one another and we can care for one another. So if you want the new community, if you want those relationships and connections, seek Jesus first and in him find connection with one another. And so once uh, Paul reminds us of where he's come from, once God reconciles us to himself, then he promises that he recreates a new community in him. So what it says in verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Just, just dwell on that for a moment. A collection of people grows into a holy temple. So when we think of temples, when we think of buildings, when we think of really cool architecture, we think of things where you take things that may seem a little bit different at first, but you weave the different stones and wood and glass and colors all together into one beautiful construction. And we think of these beautiful buildings that have been created out of all these different materials. And what God tells us is that in Him, in the resurrection community, that on the foundation of the apostles and prophets who wrote down for us the Word of God, with Jesus Himself as the cornerstone whom we must seek, He is building all of us into a new temple. And it grows. Like we're not just built into a static place, it grows. It's like a living building of people. I don't even know what that looks like. But it's a beautiful thing to think of that all of us with our different gifts and personalities, our different backgrounds and understandings of the world come together in one beautiful building. That's not something that I can put together. That's not something that any human institution can put together. That's something that only God can put together. Only God is big enough and powerful enough to take people with all of their problems 
and build them together into a living, growing temple. A temple. What do we grow together to? We grow together to worship Him. This is why we gather even on cold, windy mornings when we have to gather outside because we gather to worship. And as we gather to worship, we come into the presence of Jesus and we use our individual personalities and gifts to be part of a community that starts with a Sunday morning worship and flows out through the week in our lives together, in caring for one another, in sharing of our time, in sharing of our money, in working to serve and love and support one another, in working it out in our own individual workplaces as we carry this community out to the world around us. So the call as we see that God recreates a new resurrection community in Jesus is for each of us to find our place. The first step is to put your faith in Jesus. To say, Jesus, I want to be part of this. I want you to forgive my sins. I want to be baptized. I want to be part of this I want to be part of your community. I want to have eternal life with you, the eternal life that you promised when you rose from the dead. And then say, God, what would you have me do here? What gifts do I have that I can use? How can I love? How can I serve? And if we're all being called to use our gifts to love and serve others, that also means we have to be willing to receive love and service from others, to ask for help when we need it. Say, I'm not doing well. I need help. And then somebody will come along and say, say I can help. I will pray for you. I will care for you. I will bring you a meal. I will be your friend. I will be your listening ear. I will share. We will pool our resources together to do what needs to be done. And then with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, God does a mighty work in creating a new resurrection community. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us. Jesus, we thank you that you gave yourself for us, that you gave your life upon the cross for our sins to be forgiven. But we give you praise and glory even more so that you rose from the dead. Pray that you would teach us more and more what that means, what that means to be molded into a resurrection community with all the different places that we come from. Would you show each of us what our place is? Would you lift our heads from shame and humble our hearts before you, that we may walk before you in holiness and righteousness? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.